0: All right, welcome back to the Shred is not dead podcast. If it makes you bang your head, we'll talk with them or about them. I'm joined today by Andres from the Mighty Cabal, Deathcore Titans from the North. How are you doing today?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, I don't know, it's probably it's evening in your guys' end, right? Or yeah, it's about 7 p.m. Yeah. Okay, it's it's 10 year. So got up a few hours ago, did my workout and yeah, breakfast, and now I'm ready to talk about heavy stuff.
0: Yeah, nice. Nice. I suppose it's still um oh you don't quite have the super long summers this time of year. Uh like sun oh. periods. Uh you know what I'm getting at? It's starting yeah, to re-
1: Yeah, we don't have that here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Not not quite far enough north of that then. No, uh we we just have kind of like autumn, nine months a year. Yeah, so
0: nice. That's- well that's um that's a nice trade-off because yeah. you've still got a lot of the uh from my brief time in Denmark, you've got a lot of the beauty of Scandinavia, but without the uh, the downside of three-month-long winter nights.
1: No, we, we we do have that, like, we'll have periods where we have, like, sun for a few hours a day. That's super depressing.
0: But also good conditions for riding death, in to get things it back. It is really,
1: life. like, good for writing
0: depressing <laughs> shit. Like. Uh, so Magno Interitus is out now. It's been unleashed. It doesn't exactly reinvent the wheel of Death Deathcore, but I don't think it necessarily has to, does it?
1: No, uh, I think like we we tried out some new stuff that I feel like we haven't heard much before. But at the same time, we're also kind of like building on what we did on the previous record, kind of like expanding that. Kind of like I like to think like we have found kind of our core sound, and now we're adding in new elements and see what happen, to See what happens.
0: Yeah, so there was a bit, from my listen through, I noticed a little bit of dabbling with uh, different guitar tones, even within the period of a couple of riffs, just to, uh, yeah. you know, different flavors of distortion and drive going on. And that's always quite cool. It gives it a glitchy feel almost without leaning too heavily into the synth elements.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. We also uh, try to keep it very dynamic, especially since we kind of insist on playing like ones and zeros a lot. And then we have to like add the variation all the way, <laughs> the ways.
0: Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, thanks, Miss <laughs> Sugar.
1: Yeah, exactly. Love our ones that's- and zeros. Yeah, exactly. Binary metal, that's the way to go.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. So in the past, uh, Cabal have played around with this ongoing theme of the the cult of death, and you broke away from that a little mm-hmm. bit with the Midsummer visuals coming into it. Um, I, yeah, I suppose yeah. spoiler alert for Midsummer. <laughs> maybe skip five minutes if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, or know yeah, yeah. about the the history of the real midsummer celebrations um is that a return to this theme or is it just sort of uh, tangential and it happens to be a similar idea
1: uh i feel like it's still the way i see it is like everything on this record still exists within the universe we kind of built but this was kind of like a way of not repeating ourselves too much and still keeping it kind of like what i like to do with the first stuff was kind of like base it on kind of like Scandinavian culture that's very loose, but like have some runes thrown in there, some of like the paganism stuff, because I hadn't really seen that much in deathcore. And it'd be fun to put some of our own cultural heritage into it. And after doing like two records of that in the EP, we were like, okay, we need to kind of change things up a little bit. And then I saw Midsummer. I was like, oh, there it is. You can do flowers and still keep it creepy and Scandinavian. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's not all that
0: uncommon. I, I've, from memory, Zayad is Murder did a, a range of tour shirts here, which had flowers and skulls, and it was a pink long sleeve and, and all that. And you get a little bit more of that in deathcore, but it's still very cool that uh, Kabbalah have been able to tie that imagery in and maintain uh, the, the almost head nod in the general direction of black metal.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we still have like if you listen to it, there's be some ambience and a few like uh, fremolo parts like that you could use in the black metal song, but it's also like very it's always been very much in kind of like the aesthetic and vibe of it that it's been like seeping through.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing I wanted to ask about is over here in Australia we have a pretty strong uh, deathcore hardcore, um, <laughs> yeah, scene. All those sorts of things. You know, I mentioned that is murder.
1: Um, you, have poly- you have all the bands when you have Parkway Drive. I don't know; they're not part of that scene anymore. But you start like when they started out, they were like definitely like metalcore with difficult sentence, I feel like,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, Horizons will never die. That album is exactly, iconic. It's, uh,
1: so, it's same with fun. Killing with a Smile. Is still one of my favorite records for because I listened to it when I was fucking like, fourteen years old or something. Yeah, I
0: know exactly. And we sort of look on, you know, a lot of a lot of my. Uh, peers a lot of my fellow fans in a similar age group a similar genre i know that for them you know oh slayer oh venom this is dad rock like put the (laughs) the stuff on whereas in scandinavia i think it's from my impressions and my time there and it seems quite the opposite that people have a lot more patience for things like uh the older more old school um you know denim jacket and beer kind of metal
1: um yeah that is definitely big here.
0: Yeah. Is that is that something you find you're banging your
1: head against a little bit,
0: trying to get Cabal off on the on the local scale?
1: I thought we would at first. I was certain that they were going to fucking hate us because, like, in Denmark, people like their kind of like, if you want to get big in Denmark, you need to play kind of like death metal or some, something that people already know, but with like a new spin on it, probably, but like keep it within the confines of what people know. That's kind of like the safe way. And we were like, we want to do Doubt Tip, but that's called the blackened vibe and i was like okay that's a breakdown every 30 seconds people are going to fucking hate this but they didn't they and the thing is we got branded as death metal they apparently they couldn't really hear the difference so we just leaned into the yeah we're, we're death metal band so that's cool
0: <laughs> that ever lead to you getting booked in a uh you know a festival
1: or a show where you felt maybe a little bit out of place then we played so many like very like a bit more true metal festivals but the thing is people always like they really like us it's just Because we don't add the core tech into when we're out there, people like it. It's like I think if I went up on the stage and say, hey, we're a deathcore band, people would be like, boo. But since I haven't lean into it. Yeah, I just don't say that. I'll just call us death metal and death. And then people are like, oh, I like that. Then like. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing I think about the the super breakdown of genres that our our scene, our culture, whatever you want to call it, seems to be obsessed with. Is it's only hurting people in not finding stuff they actually might enjoy or um you know just because of the pure fact they don't want to put a label on it that is something that they're expected
1: not to like because of other bands they like or yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like i I'm a, I'm a fucking nerd so i like labeling things as well but i'm also not hung up on it i'm like i don't care what like i don't know why i think there's some part in my brain to like that likes recognizing things and be like, oh yeah, it's this thing combined with this, which makes it this. But when it all comes down to it, I don't really care if it's good, it's good. Like
0: that's it. Uh that being said though, do you find, you know, you're about to go on tour over in the States, uh, the Never Say Die Tour, I believe. Suicide Science. Oh, that
1: that's actually here in Europe. Oh, right.
0: That's yeah. quite cool. So you're tagging <laughs> along on that. Yeah, my my mistake. Um no worries, man. <laughs> you've got a, a pretty big contingent of US bands coming out to headline yeah. that though do you find I mean, yeah do you find as you travel and tour that there are different parts of the world um particularly the us where you definitely find people are more receptive to your style or is it
1: yeah for sure uh, i feel like the us we did like one tour we get a run with ingested and visual disgorge and last 10 seconds of life and people were getting like really into it, like you're fucking beating each other's asses in the pit it's like so much so we were like sometimes like oh shit i'm happy i'm not there like but so like they were like you could really feel that like the whole core thing and like especially like the beat down parts went over really well there but that the same goes like for some parts of germany they go fucking hard for that shit and some parts of the uk i feel like those are kind of like there's three places where it's like okay they really know exactly what this is about like
0: yeah absolutely i felt when uh you know when i went over and saw a couple shows around that part of the world that uh mosh culture is completely different and uh, i don't know whether it's you know the stereotypical scandinavians like the personal space thing or if it's uh, uh, a musical
1: dear.
0: yeah 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 folded arms at the back of the room um yeah exactly yeah, and you know a show is really big because the people at the front aren't actually at the front; they're just at the back of being at the back of the room. You know, <laughs> uh, they're still folding their arms like they're not—they're yeah. too cool to be there. Um, do you? Yeah. Do you find? How do you you go around locally with moshing? Is it a thing that really happens? Is
1: it? It is uh, like with our shows now most places because I insist it. I'll fucking chew people out from stage if they don't get moving. Like, and that seems to help. So now I feel like most places we play, even even in the crossed arms, like Scandinavia, people will like Martian states dive and like, but you have like, I have to work harder to get people to do shit here. Whereas like, in, again, like the other places I mentioned, Germany, UK, US, it'll be just like, you just have to like hit the China real slow and people start swinging. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's. That's
0: the thing about Deathcore and about what your band seems to do really well. And something I want to ask about is, um, you know, Deathcore is really at the end of the day, a very live art form. I don't yeah. think a lot of what you would write for things like breakdowns, you know, the, the very deliberate use of China symbol it is ultimately to get people moving, right?
1: Yeah. A lot of our songs, like we, we also like, we'll write a few songs where we're like, okay, this is cool album song but a lot of us like a lot of the thoughts that go into the music is like oh this would be really cool in a live setting so it's that's also why if i don't know if you notice like we don't do very long records because Mm -hmm. like i think there's no one is living songs 36 minutes so it's because it it do we also know like the way we write music can be a bit repetitive so it's not designed for this like you sitting at home with a glass of wine and putting on like Setting it aside like an hour and a half to just really dive into. It's like more of this uh, unleashing energy, like super short and sweet.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's absolutely the vibe I got from the album. Um, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I did have to take a few stabs at it uh, just from, I I tend to be a more sit down album person. I mean, I'm pretty open on this show that Opeth are one of my favorite bands and they'll have five songs to an album and it'll still be a two hour album.
1: I know like just um, like just 20 minutes like intricate like
0: yeah just sitting there with a glass of spirits and my feet up like, going <laughs> yes that was a very nice riff um yeah, exactly. it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't have the same thing going for it live um, as much as they're an amazing live band I, I think uh, hopefully I get to see Cabal and can confirm to the <laughs> the people listening at home that you guys are the same case. But you know, when Thy art play a show here, it doesn't matter what's going on if it's a festival if it's a you know a co-headliner with someone or if you know it's their own headliner people move bodies go flying rooms get cleared wall to wall for walls of death it's yeah exactly so do you then when approaching something like magno enterritus when you when you go to put tracks together do you give much consideration at all to track listing and to the flow across the album or do you just kind of except, well, actually, this is going to be uh, a representation of what to expect when people see us live, but I'm not too concerned about the cover-to-cover the uh, cover bit. Do,
1: we do put a lot of thought into having like having it kind of flow in some sense. So it's like if we do a slower song, we'd like to fo- follow it with something a bit faster. So just like even though it's only like 36 minutes and it's centered around like the live experience, it also still needs to be a good listening experience so yeah, it needs to be kind of like coherent and and flow all the way through. That's something we do like actually put like some thought into. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Understood. Uh, another interesting part of I suppose what you do is um. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but you have a pretty uh a pretty big role in the filmography of what goes on in the band. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe I you know doing some research for this interview, I noticed that you've got a. Uh, a filmography. Uh, what would you call it, business? Yeah, yeah
1: company, company. Whatever.
0: Yeah, well, feel free to go ahead and plug it. By the way, I'll. Uh...
1: Yeah. Uh, so me and two of my good friends, one guy called Jacob and one guy called Maxim, we made a video production company that's called Cold North Creative, where we primarily shoot music videos for bands. That's kind of it. So if you need a cool video, hit me up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So did you guys do the videos for the singles so far of this new album?
1: Yeah, we, we did. Uh, me and uh, Maxim has been collaborating on every video we've ever put out hmm. uh, since the start. And then I teamed up with Jacob uh, a year ago. I quit my old job because like Kabalka signed Blast. We like, there's so much work to be done. that I was like, okay, I can't really just be in an office eight hours a day if I want to do this thing at the same time. And also like sometimes see my friends. Uh, so I just like took a leap of faith and joined the project. And so far it's been I'm paying my rent and eating most days. So I'm good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's uh, that's pretty good. And I suppose the yeah. uh, the nice thing is not only are the videos and the singles helping grow Cabal; and they're fantastic singles, but they're probably also then helping grow the the filmography part of it as well. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, like, it's like itself.
1: yeah, it's a really good synergy, like a kind of a symbiosis because, like, again, the, we can do cheaper videos because it's like our own project we, we just do everything ourselves we don't have to hire in like somebody we don't know who has to take full price i can do a lot of the work myself uh, and we have a lot of creative control which is also really good for us because it can be like quite like uh, i don't want to, i don't know if it's say, but it's like slightly autistic about the way we want things <laughs> At least me and yeah, no, and this way,
0: that,
1: yeah, uh, I get to do it the way I want to, and yeah, so it's really cool, and we can kind of like also just like fit it in whenever because it's kind of, yeah, it's my me and my friend's company, so we obviously have first priority. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, exactly, and I find uh, speaking to a lot of bands over the course of uh, doing interviewing, and that a very common thing is. Finding a partnership there where the visuals are so important to the music, but for people that are purely musically trained and maybe aren't, have an idea in their head of what they want to see visually, it can be quite frustrating trying to communicate that to outside influences, let alone to other members of the band. Yeah. So that's uh, probably an advantage then for you guys?
1: Yeah, I've always, because like, I've always been super into video. I've been doing like dumbass videos with some of my friends since high school, like just Random small stuff. Some of my other friends, uh, one of the guys who joined our company now had another company like back in the day where I would sometimes like help like conceptualize, uh, like I'd be handed uh, some text. I'd be like, hey, how how do we put this into pictures? I'll pick out lines and write like what picture I think we should make and like, how do we do it with like no money? So I've had like quite a bit of training in doing this, uh, which also helps because it's yeah we don't have the situations where we can't figure out how to like bring to life, like a song or which vibe it needs to have, because yeah, I don't know. I think in pictures anyways. So.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely comes across in the music as well. Um, So another thing I wanted to talk about was Kabbalah had a really interesting, revolving door of guest musicians you've been able to get on. And I know for instance, uh, CJ McMahon, pretty yep. synonymous with Deathcore over here in this part of the world. Yeah, I'm sure it helped your numbers uh, here, having that. So yeah. how, how did that uh, come about when you did that single with him?
1: It came about like the, the same way that most of our stuff has come about is me shooting him an Instagram message, being like, hey, we wrote this song. We really like what you do. Would you like be up for jumping on it? And so far, like most people have been like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'm down.
0: Yeah, nice. And so it's,
1: it's uh, yeah, really uneventful, kind of like
0: yeah, it just just happens like that. And I suppose that's a, a nice strength of the digital age and everything that goes on there is that you can just record a track at your home studio or wherever and yeah. just shoot it across, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's also another thing that we a lot of one of our strengths, besides having like almost in-house videography, is that our guitarist Chris is a full-time producer, and he he writes all the instrumentals and he records mixes and masters, everything. Like. So we also have like in-house production. And...
0: Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, so good. it's kind of like, a file. Yeah, I know we like, we have a label backing us and booking it, but besides that, it's pretty much a DIY project. And i always kind of like been, but just with people who like what the DIY, like the things we do there, why we have people in the band doing it professionally. So it's like on that level.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, that being said, any plans to come over here to Australia anytime soon? I'm sure you get that a lot from... Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we would love to. We just need to find uh, the right support tour. We actually we had a really cool offer for a headline tour, but the thing is, like the offer was so good that we were afraid like, that the person who gave it to us would lose a lot of money if we just, because we have we haven't never played there. And it was for <laughs> a headline tour, and we were like, okay, it is a really cool offer. And there's a part of me that's all just want to see Australia and be like, okay, fuck it, let's just go. But at the same time, we're like, if we sell like a hundred tickets for the entire tour, this guy will be in like so much in the red that we like, we totally like, we want to do something at some point, but we need to kind of like have at least a support tour on our belt down there just to see like, okay, do any people actually know us here? It's like, can we actually sell any tickets just so we don't burn any bridges, like by just jumping ahead and headlining?
0: Yeah, understood. I guess the upside there is uh, it typically is a genre where bands tend to help each other. I, I'm not sure again too much about the Scandinavian way that Deathcore is done, but over here it seems to be very, uh, very much a an exercise in working together. At times, it's not as insular as some other genres of music. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I feel like at least back home here, like it's also because Denmark is such a small country. There's like 5.8 billion of us in total, so. I bet you have cities with more people in than our entire country.
0: Yes. Yeah, states for sure. Um, I yeah. mean, maybe even the, the greater Melbourne metropolitan region, if you drew maybe a 50 K uh, yeah. around the middle of the city, then maybe, yeah, that'd be about
1: right. Yeah. yeah. But that also means that like most of us in bands, we know each other We're like a lot of the bands who are doing really well back here are like my friends, just like besides the band. So we all help each other out and work with each other. Like, Chris uh, our guitarist, produced a lot of, uh, like, almost all the cool bands. Like, their songs it's, like done as studio. I shoot videos with uh, Jacob for most of them. And, like, and one of our, there's, you know, the band called Siamese. Can't say I do. It's like this really good, like, mixture of and B and metalcore. They're kind of like blowing up and they're, they're doing a headline Australia tour, like, at the beginning of next year. But their singer is our manager and we do, Chris produces them. We do their videos. So it's like this. It's one big family, kind of like so people are very like open to helping each other and collaborating and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, big shout out to Siamese then. Uh if you're listening, yeah. go go check that tour out. I might do that myself. Uh yeah, similar,
1: similar sort of stuff, Deathcore. No, uh kind of like if you fuse uh, this, this singer, our manager is like a really, really good like vocalist, like to clean sing. I think he he got into the finals of Idols like ten years ago or something like one of those singing programs, right? Uh, uh, and then just like if you mix like super catchy still heavy metal core with really really like catchy and sing alongy like r b vocals, mm. it's quite a fun mix. But it works really well. Okay, well I'll be sure. And they that. have a violinist as well. <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs>
0: nice. Well thank you andres i think we've powered through all the uh the questions i'm interrogating you with today is there any uh any message you'd like to leave the listeners ahead of the new album Uh, uh...
1: please listen to our new album (laughs) (laughs) if you like it buy it and if we ever swing by please come out to the show and say hi i'm jordan and you've been listening
0: to shred is not dead magno interitus the new album by cabal is out now Go give it a listen, pick up a physical copy or spin it on a streaming service. See you on the next episode.